Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Good morning, church. How many movie fans do we have here? Any movie people in the room? Awesome. Love it. Listen, I'm not a big movie guy, if I'm being completely honest. I think it's because I have the attention span of a goldfish. Uh, just, you just got to know yourself, right? But I actually love at the movies. What an opportunity to see a condensed version of a movie for my attention span's sake, but also to reveal all of God's truth and principles that we can find in the movies. And so I'm super excited for this. And you really need to be thinking, who do I need to invite? You know, we all have jobs. We all live in neighborhoods. You have people, and you know who they are. Who are those people, excuse me, that we need to take a ticket and go invite to at the movies? We talked about last week, God is on the move. Say God is on the move. Do you believe it, church? If God is really on the move in this place through these people, it requires you. It requires us stepping out in faith, walking across the street, like we talked about last week, and inviting someone. And don't just invite them, bring them with you. What an opportunity to bring people to church, for them to hear God's word, because we know that God's word never returns void, right? That's what the Bible teaches us. And so can I just encourage you, invite, invite, invite. Bring people with you. What a powerful and exciting time we're in right now. But, you know, this week I've been reflecting, and God's been just reminding me, I have a lot to be grateful for. Does anyone have a lot to be grateful for? I have so much to be grateful for. Obviously, there's the ups, there's the downs, there's the work, there's the trials. But we have a lot to be grateful for. And in fact, I want you to turn to someone beside you and tell them one thing you're grateful for real quick. I heard someone say you. That is super sweet. We all have things to be grateful for, right? And I'm grateful for this place that we call Celebrate Church. I'm grateful for construction and the ceiling being ripped out. I'm grateful for the parking lot and what's happening there. But more than that, I'm just grateful for these people, God's people in this church. Amen? God is on the move. It is so exciting. But I'm also grateful for Pastor Keith and Kay. We talked about God is on the move. And this movement here wouldn't have happened if they didn't say yes to God. And so today is actually their 34th anniversary, if you didn't know that. And so can we just give them a round of applause? Amen. Amen. They're amazing. I know they're an example to Jaden and I and to so many of what a godly marriage looks like. And so I am so grateful for them. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Romans chapter 12. And we're in this series, Building a Better Life. What does it mean to live a kingdom life, a godly life? What are the tools and the resources we need? What are the things we need to accept and reject in order to build a better life? And today the title of the message is We Are Members. And we are members. And I was writing it, it just kept reminding me of farmer's insurance, I think it's called. You know what I'm talking about? We are farmers. Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone. So let's try this. We are members. There you go. A little something to help you this week. 
But we're members. What does it mean that we're members of God's church? What does it mean when the Bible says that we are members of the body of Christ? And I encourage you as we go through this morning, reflect. What does that mean to you? What does the word member mean? But what does it mean that we're a part of something bigger than ourselves? Because is it fair to say membership is all around us in this world? I mean, I love Costco. Don't get me wrong. I love Costco. Not much to me beats $1.50 for a hot dog and a drink. I love Costco. But membership, according to the Bible, is so much more than just something we keep in our back pocket and we show flash on the way and so we get to church once a week. It's so much more than just a subscription service where you get what you want out of it and that's the end of it. It is so much more than that. And following Jesus and membership is also more than just something we get or something we believe. I mean, James says this in James 2.19. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The Bible says we're not just believers, but belongers. We're not just believers. We're belongers. And when you are able to grasp and understand what it really means to belong to God's church, something bigger than yourself, you'll then become all that God has for you to become. Does anyone want to be what God wants them to be? This is how it happens. It starts with membership. Romans 12, verse 5 in the New International Version says this. In Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs, say belongs, to all the others. If you write in your Bible, you can underline or circle that word belongs. It is crucial here because church isn't just something we attend. Church is not an event we attend. It is a family or a body that we belong to. It's so much more than just a moment in time, an event, a space. It is a relationship we're intimately connected through. And the Bible says that our hands are a member of our body. It uses that imagery. Well, what happens when your hand gets disconnected from the rest of your body? Well, it shrivels up and dies, right? It's not pretty. We know this. The Bible says your ears are a part of your body. What happens when your ears are disconnected from the body? They shrivel up and die. And your arm and your leg, the same thing. Well, what happens when a member or a believer is disconnected from the body of Christ? They shrivel up and die. It is so vital for our health, our strength, that we are connected, that we are members of the body of Christ. It is so important. We won't make it in this walk on our own. You're not good enough, church. I'm not good enough. Some of you just need to hear that. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough. We are not good enough to do it on our own. I love what Jesus said to Peter in Matthew 16, 18. He said this, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I want us to notice that. What did it say the powers of hell won't conquer? Did anyone catch it? His church. The powers of hell will not conquer his church. Notice it doesn't say he will build you up, he will build me up, and the powers of hell won't conquer you or me. It says his church. That is where there is power in a united, self-giving, serving, encouraging, loving church. That's what we're called to be and be a part of. And so if you're taking notes today, we're going to give you the four things that happen when we become a member of his church. The four things that happen when we become a member of his church. But first, let's go to God in prayer.
Heavenly Father, I pray that you just speak to us this morning. And God, as we open your word, as we engage in what your truth is, God, that we'd see the goodness of God, like we talked about this morning. That your goodness would be evident to all of us. And you'd help us to comprehend what it means to be your church. Not our idea of church, but your church. So God, give us ears to hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I become a member of his church, our first point is this. I am not alone. I am part of the eternal church. I'm not alone. I am part of the eternal church. Turn to someone and say, I'm not alone. (laughs) You are not alone. But can we agree we live in a world where a lot of people feel alone? Tons of people feel alone. Tons of people are alone. You know, I was looking at some studies, and one said that 60% of Americans, people that live in this country, report that they feel lonely on a regular basis. It is a real problem. And so guess what God did? 2,000 years ago, he gave us a real solution. His church. That is the solution. That's the plan A with no plan B. The church is the answer. And I'm not saying all feelings and emotions go away because I get that. But when you understand what it means to belong to something bigger than yourself, to his church, it changes everything. I can't say it enough. And I want to read a couple scriptures to you. And you tell me what the common theme is in these. The first one says this. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? And there's this one. We who believe are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And then there's this one. And in Christ, you are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. What was the common word? Together. That is everything that we are meant to be. Together. Because the one thing in this world, that no matter who you are, where you grew up, what you've done, where you're going, the one thing every person craves is togetherness. Which I don't think is a word, but we could say community. Everyone craves community, right? And the answer is the church. Because every other connection is limited. God made one plan A, to give you the community you need, to give you the family, the body of Christ that you need, and that is the church. And so the question is, are you committed? Are you sold out for his church? Because the key is the difference between an attender and a member. An attender and a member. We have plenty of attenders in this world, but what does it mean to be a member? And so I want you to seriously examine your life and ask yourself, am I an attender or am I a member? And the difference is that word I used earlier, commitment. An attender doesn't have to be committed. A member is fully committed, sold out. They'll do whatever it takes. They'll contribute. They'll help out. I dare you to read through the New Testament, through the words of Jesus, through the letters written by Paul. I dare you to read through them and underline every time, or underline or circle every time you see the words one another. I dare you to try it. Because there is so many times, love one another, encourage one another, mourn with one another, pray for one another. There is so many times that shows up. And so I'd ask us, are we really committed to one another? Are you really committed to these people in this room, a part of this body of Christ? Are you just an attender? Can these people count on you? Because an attender comes to an event, 
and a member belongs to a family. And I'll help you understand it this way. I grew up and I had a couple of friends. I was a little weird, so I had a couple of friends. But my friends would come over sometimes. We'd hang out, we'd eat, we'd play games, all this good stuff. But you know what those friends weren't doing? They weren't doing the dishes. They weren't cleaning the floors. They weren't taking the trash out. They weren't doing the laundry because they were an attender. That's not their job. But me, I was stuck being a member of my family. So I was doing the dishes. I was helping with the laundry. I was cleaning the floors. I was getting the food ready because a member contributes. A member brings something to the table. Maybe it's not a lot. Maybe it's limited, but they bring something. They want to just help and be a part in any way they can. And I love what Acts chapter 2 says. I think it's so crucial for us because we'd say we want to be an Acts 2 church. We look at that and we say we want to move of God the way they experienced it. We want his spirit doing powerful things. We want that kind of a community. Well, look what it says in Acts 2, starting in verse 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. How often did they meet together? Every day, daily, they were spending time together in communion, in fellowship. It was so important to them. These people really believed it is necessary that we're together in fellowship. These weirdos really believed it was vital and necessary. But it's different for us, isn't it? We, I mean, today's different than back then, right? They faced real issues. There was mean people back then. They had a real spiritual battle going on all around them. We don't have any of that, do we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So we need it just as bad, if not more, than the early church needed it. We need each other. We need community. Because back then, they made sure to get together because they needed encouragement. They needed prayer. They needed a shoulder to cry on. They needed to be in the word together. They needed it, and we need it too. Us weirdos, we're weirdos, need it just as bad. It is so important. But here's the deal. The problem is a lot of people today just want to date Christ's bride. They want to flirt. They want to check it out. See, is it for me? Uh, I don't know. One foot in, one foot out. Maybe talking to another church on the side and not being ever fully committed. And maybe that's you, and I want you to understand this. God's church will never be all churches, never be all you need church to be until you commit. It will never be church to you until you get some skin in the game. You got to get committed, you got to get invested. It is so crucial that we are a part, that we don't just sit on the sidelines and judge, that we get in the game. And the benefit of that, when you grasp that you're not alone, that you have this church family, this church community, is you get stability and support. And can we just agree that in a world full of chaos and anxiety and a fear-driven society, can we all agree we need a little more stability and support in our world? This is the answer. 1 Timothy 3.15 says this, The church of the living God is the pillar and the foundation of truth. And what is a pillar for? Stability and support. I need it. You need it. Emotional support. Physical support. Mental support. Spiritual support. 
That's the church. When you press in, when you build the relationships, it's messy, but it is so worth it. It is so good for you. And if, if you're sitting here listening and you're not fully convinced, you don't fully believe that loneliness can be solved, there's a solution for it. You don't believe that you can have hope and purpose. I can guarantee it's for one reason. You're not fully committed. You're not, something, something's holding you back. You're keeping something back. Because I've heard the stories of people, I grew up like that person. I attended church every Sunday unless I could convince my mom I was sick. But I grew up going to church as an attender and it didn't mean much to me until I decided, okay, I gotta check this thing out. And I start serving and giving and it will blow your mind what God will do when you commit to his church. Commit to the way that he established things to work 2,000 years ago. And he isn't changing anytime soon, by the way. It will blow your mind what he can do. It changes everything. And so our first point this morning is I am not alone. I'm part of the eternal church. And our second point is this. I am not alone. I am connected to Christ's body. I am connected to Christ's body. And this imagery of the body of Christ is used time and time again in Scripture and so it's only fair that we look at what this really means. Ephesians 1, Paul says this. God has put everything under the authority of Christ. And God gave him this authority for the benefit of his church, which is the body of Christ. And then Paul in chapter 4 says this. In Christ's body, we are all connected to what? To each other in his body. But I want to go back to Romans again. Romans 12 Starting in verse 4 this time, we'll read through 5 again, but it says this starting in verse 4. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different works to do. So, we belong to each other, and each of us needs each other. And there's a couple things that we can learn here that I want to dissect and help us understand. And the first thing is this. It says that the church has many parts. Say many parts. The church has many parts, all different, looking different, acting different, serving different, but many working parts. That means there's no one like you in this church, let alone in the world. You are an original, a masterpiece created by God. But we also learn that every part matters. Every part matters. Every part's role is absolutely vital. And then we learn, if I don't do my part, the rest of the body suffers. If I don't step up and do my part, everything else is going to suffer and hurt. And I don't want us to get prominence confused with significance because it's easy to look at the person on the stage leading worship or whatever they're doing. It's easy to look at the people up front and say, my job doesn't matter. What I do is insignificant. I don't want us to get that confused because every role is just as important in the body of Christ. It matters just as much. We need everyone. It takes the church being the church, and let me help you understand it this way. I, I have legs, right? Is that fair? My legs, and I've talked to my therapist and worked through this, are not as nice as Pastor Reed's. I know it. My therapist helped me with this. I get it, but my legs are still important, right? They matter just as much, especially to me, and so it's the same for us. Your role matters. You are significant to the body of Christ Whatever that looks like, 
You are necessary and vital to his body because we cannot fulfill our God-given purpose on our own. I dare you to read the Bible and try and argue with that. You cannot fulfill what God has for you on your own without the church, without a community. It is not a personal calling. It is a corporate calling that God will put on your life. You're meant to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And Colossians 2.19 says this. They are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. But we are joined together in this body by his strong... I don't know that word if I'm being honest, but I know it's connective tissue, right? And it goes on to say, and we grow only as we get our nourishment and strength from God. Well, Paul tells us connections are the essence of life. These connections, us being connected as a church, is what gives us life. And we only grow if we're connected. And the benefit is that when you grasp that you're not alone, you'll get life and growth. You'll get life and growth. And by the way, if you're not growing, you're dying. You're, there's no staying stagnant. If you're not growing closer to Christ, you're going the opposite way. And we need to be connected for our sake. And so our second point was, I am not alone. I am connected to Christ's body. And our third point is this. I am not alone. I get the power of Jesus. I get the power of Jesus. Turn to someone and say, I got the power. <laughs> That's better than first service. A couple people did it with me. Thank you. Thank you. But we need his power. Does anyone else want the power of Christ? I want it. I need it. Some days I need it just to get out of bed. Some days I need it to go to work or to have a conversation or to be a good dad or husband. We need the power of Christ. And the power of Christ is in his church, his body. It's where he established it. John 15, 5, Jesus says this. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay connected to me and I am connected to you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Apart from being connected to him and his church, nothing happens. There is no power because connections give power. I mean, think about it. A toaster that's disconnected provides no warmth. A stereo player that's disconnected can play no music. A DVD player that's disconnected can't play a movie. You young people are like, what's a DVD player? Netflix before Netflix and a lot more difficult and annoying. But... With us, a believer disconnected from Christ and his church, no power. No power at all. The scripture before, John 15, 4, Jesus actually said this. A branch cannot produce any fruit by itself. It has to stay connected to the vine. In the same way, you cannot produce fruit unless you live in me. And the benefit of this is that we get God's power to change. We get his power to change in his church, to be transformed ourselves, because I think we could all agree we could use some of that to be changed ourselves, but then to share a life-changing message to hand an at-the-movies ticket that can change other people. The power to change other people, not by our strength, by his. And so I am not alone. I get the power of Jesus. And our final point this morning, I am not alone. I am a significant part of God's family. I'm a significant part of God's family. If you've become a believer and you're a belonger, you're a part of a family that's been around for thousands of years with a legacy like no other family. And I understand that word family can be tricky for some people. 
Maybe your family's been a little messy. Someone in your family's hurt you. The relationship isn't completely healed. And I don't ever want us to think that we're claiming this family's perfect because I'm in it, you're in it. It's not perfect, but in this imperfection where the Holy Spirit lives in us, there is so much hope. There is a message to a broken, lost world that we're not perfect, but we know a Savior and Lord who is. We can introduce you to him. We will welcome you. We will pray with you. We will walk with you. We will mourn with you. We will cry with you because our God is good. There is hope. We believe that the local church is the hope of the world. Even in the imperfection, in the messiness, that Jesus said, that's what I want to use. That's the hope of the world. I want to use them. I want them to see that my strength is made perfect in their weakness. And it's amazing. It's so powerful. But when I was born, and when you were born, we all became a part of something called the human race, right? We didn't have to sign anything. We didn't have to check off a box. No pledges. We became a part of the human race. But we didn't become a part of a family until someone took us home. And it's the same way with God. He looked at us and he said, I'm going to send my son and take them home. It's up to you. Do you want to come home? Do you want to belong? He gave you the choice. In Romans, Paul writes this in 8.16, God's spirit joins himself to our spirits to declare that we are God's children. We become his children. We belong to his family. And what does a baby, a child, need more than anything else? A family. A people who would welcome them in and teach them and grow with them. That's what a family is meant to be. And that's what this is. I'm not claiming anyone's perfect or anyone's figured it out completely or arrived. But I'm claiming we do know the one who is perfect. And we are working every day to get better, to be more like Jesus And to point people to him, to our perfect and good and loving Savior. Because when you grasp that you're not alone, you'll find love and acceptance in his family. Love and acceptance in his family. You're not alone in your struggles, your hurts, your past. You're not alone. There's a family that will welcome you with open arms. You get to belong. You get to be a part of something so much bigger than you. That hope in this church is so powerful. There is hope in his church. And so in closing, I just want to ask, what needs to change? Because something's got to give. I'm just being honest. We live in a world where church doesn't really matter anymore. That it's a convenience thing when it works for me but it doesn't matter anymore. So what has, what's got to give in your life? What's got to change? Because something has to, to be a part, to be a member, fully committed, engaged, investing member of his church. We all need to. Stuff we all hold on to that we got to let go of. We got to surrender. We got to surrender our identity to be a part of his church, his kingdom movement. Because guess what? We have an enemy Does anyone know we have an enemy? We have an enemy, and he doesn't fight fair. He is dirty, and he has a clear goal that we see in Scripture. His goal is to steal, to kill, and destroy. Clear in Scripture. Read John 10.10. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy, and so he will do everything he can to steal, to kill, and destroy you. 
And you know when you're weakest? When you're alone. You're weak and vulnerable when you are alone. So what's got to give for you to get invested, committed into his church, his plan A? What's got to give? What's got to change? Because attenders sit, members serve. Attenders take, members tithe. Members go to classes. Members get in life groups. Members have accountability partners. Members find mentors. There's so much strength in being a fully committed, invested member. And so for you, what needs to change? We have a team out in the Welcome Center who would love to talk with you about what your next steps need to be. Whatever you need to do, whether it's serving or giving or simply committing to just being here and building relationships, we'd love to help and walk with you in that. It'll change your life. It's the best decision you'll ever make to get a part of his messy church. So worth it. Because it's exactly why Christ died, right? It's exactly why Christ died, so we could be in his church. Yes, so we could get to heaven someday. But for the here and now, we're on a mission together. And so if you have your communion elements, you can get those ready. If not, please just raise your hand. Someone will bring those over to you. We had an awesome team. But Christ died for his bride, the church. He died for his church. And like we talked about last week, it is important to say yes to Jesus, right? Saying yes to Jesus is so important. And you're doing that in doing communion, but you're also saying yes to everyone around you. For better, for worse, like a marriage. In sickness and in health. You are saying yes to these people around you. And so I don't want us to get fixated on just us and God because the Bible says that if we can't love each other who we do see, how can we love God who we don't see? And so as going into communion, I encourage you, is this right? Are you right with God? Are you really okay with him? Have you repented and confessed? Are you holding things back? And then, are you right here? Are you harboring bitterness, hurt, insecurity? That's why we do this. We're a part of something bigger than ourselves, established by God, his church. And so I just want you to actually take a couple seconds and just look around the room. Just look at people. It doesn't need to be awkward. It may feel a little awkward. Just look at a couple faces in the room. People who you know, people who you don't know. People who look like you, people who look nothing like you. All of which Christ died for. All of which he laid his life down for. Are you fully committed to them? Are you willing to do what Jesus did and give your life for them? To serve, to give, to love. To take Paul's words and give you a little bit of perspective. You can get the bread ready. This is Christ's body, which was broken for you and the person beside you and the person you struggle with the person that's hard to love and the person that's easy to love. Take and eat the bread. And then the cup, the blood of Christ, which was poured out for you on the cross so you could be right with him and in his church, which was poured out for you and the person beside you and the person behind you and across the room and that family member you struggle with. 
can take and drink the cup. Father, help us to, to commit. We live in a country that's filled with commitment issues, that wants to live together, that wants to flirt and never marry. God, help us to com commit to your church. Help us to live different in the upside-down kingdom we're a part of. Help us to get in the mess, to get ready to get dirty, because we got work to do. There's people who don't know Jesus. And God, we never want to stop your kingdom work. We never want to hinder anything. So God, we just say yes to you and yes to your church. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Have a great Sunday, church. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.